When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get Booked listeners, welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of Get Booked that's all about books that we just can't resist shouting about. This is Amanda Nelson, and today's Hand Cell is Fairest, a memoir by Meredith Talusan. This comes with a trigger warning for child abuse. Before we get into it, let's hear from our sponsor. Okay, Fairest is a memoir, as I said in the subtitle, that came out in May, at the end of May. So I'm continuing to try to talk about... Today's episode is brought to you by Avid Reader Press. So this next book is a really fun sounding mashup of different genres. There's a little time travel, a little romance, a little spy thriller action going on. So in the near future, a civil servant is offered the salary of her dreams and is shortly afterward told what project she'll be working on. A recently established government ministry is gathering quote unquote expats from across history to establish whether time travel is feasible for the body, but also for the fabric of space time. This is an exquisitely original and feverishly fun fusion of genres and ideas. The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley asks, what does it mean to defy history when history is living in your house? Colleen Bradley's answer is a blazing, unforgettable testament to what we owe each other in a changing world. It kind of gives Outlander meets Cloud Atlas or If the Time Traveler's Rife was written by Sally Rooney or Colson Whitehead. Make sure to check out The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley. And thanks again to Avid Reader Press for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Disney Books. Do y'all like Caribbean mythology? What's more, a thriller inspired by Caribbean mythology? If you do, I got something for you. A must-read thriller that draws from the darkest corners of Caribbean mythology from acclaimed author Sarah Das, who crafts a chilling tale of magic, murder, and how far we'll go to protect what's ours. It's perfect for fans of Angeline Bully and Tiffany D. Jackson. So, unlike other people on the small island of St. Virgil, Selena Da Silva does not believe in magic. She has a logical mind. She likes botany. She wants to study pharmacology. But then her mother gets sick and she's tethered to the island and she has to make money. So what does she do? She cons a couple gullible tourists with these useless talismans and phony protection rituals. But then one of the tourists ends up dead and at the center of a strange string of murders. And the truth Selena has been denying can no longer be avoided. There is evil lurking in the forest that surround St. Virgil. Now to find out what that evil is, make sure to pick up It Waits in the Forest by Sarah Das. And thanks again to Disney Books for sponsoring this episode. About books that have been released during quarantine because, you know, selling a book when you can't go on tour is tough. And so I read this because I like to read books by and about Filipinos and Filipinos living in the U.S., living in the Philippines, you know, living anywhere else, really. And Meredith's story is so fascinating. So Meredith is a trans woman who came to the U.S. when she was very young, I think like 12, maybe a little bit older. But 
as a child after having been raised by her grandmother in the Philippines for several years. And she comes to the U.S. and her experience is so singular because Meredith is albino. And in the Philippines and in Filipino culture, colorism is a huge thing. The lighter you are, the better you are, right? White is right kind of a thing. And so Meredith's experience growing up in the Philippines as an albino person, you know, she experienced a lot of like stares and people constantly talking about her and telling her that she was going to, um, you know, like be somebody because she was so fair skinned. And she did actually as a child become a child actor and get on TV uh, playing the son of another albino actor in the Philippines. And so her parents were abusive. And so she left to live with her grandmother for several years. And eventually when, when she came to the U.S., she ended up at Harvard and had a really singular and really complicated kind of intersectional experience uh, living in the U.S. and going to Harvard, um, where she was living as a gay man, an albino gay man. And this was in the early 90s, I'm pretty sure. And all of the obstacles that she faced dealing with racism, but it was a really particular kind of racism because Meredith's features are very feminine. And since she's albino, there's this, she's talking a lot about how um, light skin and her blonde hair and her like delicate features made a lot of people very often think that she was a white woman. So when she chose to, she could put on her dress and go out into the world and be interacted with as if she was a white woman, when in reality, she was a gay Asian man at the time. And so that whole experience of being able to switch between those roles, experiencing the privilege of being considered white when she felt like she needed to do that, the conflict of like, am I abandoning my culture? Am I abandoning who I am? She worked really hard to get rid of her Filipino accent so that she could just pass as, an, as a white American. And the older she gets, she gets involved in a really long-term, very loving relationship with a man who she meets. And then the older she gets and the more that she's experiencing this kind of like duality of existence, she realizes that she wants to allow this feminine side of herself to really come out. So she decides to uh, have gender affirmation surgery at the risk of losing this man who she's been with, I think at the time, by the time she decides to transition, she's in her late 20s, I think. So she's been with him for like a decade. And he is not very supportive, um, even though he's trying. So it's like all very complicated. And I think it's such an interesting memoir, especially a memoir um, about a trans woman, because Meredith decides to transition later in life than most of the memoirs that I've read. And it's because in a lot of ways about her experience of being an albino Filipino person, and how that informs her experience of walking through the world expressing different gender identities and how racism informed that when she came to the U.S. in ways that it didn't when she lived in the Philippines. So it's just really fascinating. Um, you can tell, I think, a little bit that Meredith is Harvard educated. It can be a little academic. Um, she's a photographer and a pretty well-known photographer and can be a bit esoteric. Uh, she also was very honest about her experience and her choices in some ways that are quite brutal and like hard to accept from a narrator, especially a narrator who you know is a real person because you're reading a memoir. So for example, she sleeps with a lot of married men in their homes and uses it as a photography project, like takes pictures of her and them under, you know, in their family homes under the pictures of their wives. And it feels very like, oh, you're, you don't consider their wives to be people. Like it feels very cheapening of the other people in that situation. There's also a moment where she goes back to the Philippines and hires a sex worker whose age is not established, but who goes by boy. I don't think that it's a child. <laughs> I don't think that this person is a child. Uh, but that feels strange to me. And like, 
that she did that. I don't know. You know, I'm like, I, I, it's hard not to be judgmental um, about somebody else's past when they're telling it to you. But so as a reader, it was a really tough reading experience. I'm sure writing it was really tough. But uh, it's very challenging, interesting, super fascinating, a little bit academic. Loved it. So that's Fairest, a memoir by Meredith Tellison. Thank you so much for listening. I'd like to give a special thanks to our audio editor, Jen Sink. You can email us at getbookedatbookriot.com, review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us online. I'm on Instagram at I'm Amanda Nelson. And Jen is on Twitter at Jen IRL and on Instagram at I am Jen IRL. And that is Jen with two N's. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye.